As promised, we are joined right now sure. by <laughs> an NFL Network reporter, also a contributor to 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. NFL Game Day kickoff airs today at 2 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network, leading up to the game between the Steelers and the Bills. We are joined by Jane Slater. Jane, it's great to have you back. How are you? I'm great. Jim, every time you call, you know, I make time for you. I know, I know you do, and I appreciate that so much, Jane. Great to have you on. You always make it better. So, Cowboy fans, Jane, have grown accustomed to playoff disappointment, but did yesterday's loss to Green Bay, was that rock bottom, and what is the latest from Big D this morning, Jane? You know, it's interesting. I didn't say, I didn't use the words, how do you power rank this one, Jerry? Uh, that probably wouldn't have been the most sensitive way to approach this one, but I did ask him where this one stacked, and he said that this was pretty high up there and mostly because of the expectations they had for this team and the opportunity in front of them. I mean, Jordan Love has been playing exceptionally exceptionally well uh, in this last stretch of six games this season, but they had an opportunity against this secondary. And then particularly at the end of the game when Jair Alexander uh, exited with an ankle injury, you know, he was questionable leading up to the game. And so it was the way they lost. It was the penalties. It was the forcing of the run. So questionable play calls. It was the body language of C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott when things weren't going right early on, something that had been discussed early on in the season, uh, and that was rearing its head again. This team just flat out came out not ready to play. And more importantly, Jim, you know how important fans are to Jerry Jones. They were booing and exiting before the fourth quarter. Those things never go well with Jerry Jones. Jane Slater joining us to that very point, Jane. You've covered Jerry Jones for many years. Have you ever seen him as despondent as he appeared to be in addressing the media yesterday? I have. Uh, He was pretty frustrated after the Cowboys-Rams loss when Jason Garrett was the coach. Remember, he kept him another year. And then it was the most interesting firing process. I actually went back to my notes to look this up. If you'll recall, they... They they won the game against Washington. Eagles won the division, so they were out. And, again, this was the year after he gave Jason that extra year, which I think in hindsight he wished he hadn't. Uh, They did the exit interviews, the cleaning out of the lockers. There was a one-hour conversation on a Wednesday. And then by Thursday we got news that, that Jason was out the door. And I sort of pressured Jerry on this last night. Given the fact there are so many intriguing head coaches available right now, you know, the biggest issue for Jerry is postseason success. And right now, the winningest coach in the postseason, Bill Belichick, with his 31 playoff wins, is available. And back in 2019, Jerry was on 105 through the fan, which I contribute to, and said that he was an Aspen at Snowmass getting his grandkids skis, and it was Bill Belichick who tapped on his shoulder and said, this was after he lost his job in Cleveland, said, if you ever get a head coaching job, come find me. And I just think it's really interesting the way things have aligned right now. Uh, Jerry wouldn't get into it. He essentially said, coaches, that's not a pressure situation for him, sort of indicating that if he wanted to go get someone, he could. Uh, But you also have this dynamic right now where last year I was told he was really frustrated after that loss in Santa Clara. I mean, how embarrassing the final image we have is Ezekiel Elliott lining up at center and getting blown back. Uh, no answers after Tony Pollard got injured. Um, but in that case, they decided to keep Mike, I was told, because they didn't want to pay him out the two years remaining on his contract. 
and then pay a new head coaching staff. But you did notice coaching changes. All the coaches that expiring contracts were gone. Jerry was frustrated that he considered Mike to have one of the largest rosters for coaches uh, in the league and wasn't finding success, so he downsized it. And then Mike kind of upset Kellen Moore in his exit interview uh, that he obviously said at the podium, and Kellen Moore turned in his resignation, so that was the one where he walked. But it was just really, really interesting. We didn't expect some of those changes last year. You know, Mike's gotten play calling. They had to move on from his defensive coordinator in his first year. They downsized uh, this year and still not having success. So I think that's why there's going to be some real soul-searching and some deep diving. And the other layer to this, Jim, is you can't move on from the quarterback right now. I mean, Dak went up to the podium and supported Mike last night, but he's got a very significant, about a $60 million cap hit next year that's going to hit, and he's got a no-trade clause. So I don't see them going out and getting an OC guru as we've seen you know, some of these other places uh, or try and go find a D'Amico uh, Ryan like Houston got. I think if he were to make a change, it would have to be someone that's a bona fide postseason uh, coach that can, and more importantly, Jim, change the culture of that locker room. I think that's what also uh, everyone in that building seems to think needs to happen. So well said. Jane Slater joining us right now. Jane, I'm like, I'm like you. I'm not looking to get anybody fired. I'm not looking to take food off anybody's plate. But how would it play in that town with that fan base if Jerry doesn't make a significant move? And then secondarily, what about the thing that you brought up? the dynamic, the fit between Belichick and Jerry. Can you see that working? Uh, I'll answer the first question uh, first. I think that fans are almost apathetic, which is what Jerry doesn't want. But there were many years a lot of people thought he should have moved on from Jason Garrett, and he didn't, right? And I will say this about Mike. He's not getting you a lot of 8-8 eight and eight seasons. He is getting you the 12-5 and five seasons, which I think is all the more frustrating. Uh It's like that kid in school that you know is really, really smart, but they just don't apply themselves sometimes. (laughs) I feel like that's Mike in this roster. And so I I truly believe this could go either way. I actually got a text this morning when I was talking to somebody about this, and I'll read it to you uh, internally. It was, I have no idea, but I'd imagine all imaginable options will be discussed, and I wouldn't rule out anything. Uh, so I think that answers your first question. And then uh, what was your second question, Jim? Bill, I'm terrible Bill, at that. Bill, Bill Belichick. I mean, what yeah. about – Well, I mean, great. They saw each other at a chairlift or at a ski mm-hmm. mountain. What about the fit? What about that dynamic? How do you think that would work? Well, here's what – it's interesting. I Bill Parcells, I covered him my first year working in sports, and that was a really, really interesting power dynamic. I'm sure you remember it too, Jim. I didn't think it worked, and that's why I always said Sean Payton and Dallas would absolutely never work. I mean, we're already seeing sort of the the friction in Denver because he's used to so much autonomy as it relates to the draft and what he's going to say and not wanting leaks, you know, the phone calls coming from within the building. But I caught up with Bill in Miami at the Super Bowl because I was curious about that very thing and the, the effusive admiration that Jerry Jones had for Bill. And you know when Bill gets asked like a special teams question and he sort of lights up? That was the way that Bill lit up as it related to Jerry. For whatever reason, those two make no sense when you think about it. But I think both really, really want to change the narratives right now about what their legacies are. 
I mean, there's a lot of questions about Bill. You know, was it Bill or Tom uh, in New England? And I think that there would be a deference on some level. I don't think you'll ever see Jerry hand over the reins, but I saw it a little bit early on with Mike uh, where he wasn't giving you the injury report on a Wednesday or telling you that the left tackle was going to be out of a game or playing if they were trying to have gamesmanship. And so I think a guy like Bill could come in here and have the respect of Jerry because Jerry, he covets those Lombardis, and no one has more of them than Bill. And I think Bill has a deference for Jerry with the way that he's built that franchise and his commitment you know, to success. And so I think the, the rub would be how would he work out with the scouts and the personnel department, and how would he handle some of Jerry's post-game press conferences and his radio interviews during the week. So I think that's the thing that all of us sort of question, but I tend to think that Bill would be more successful than Sean Payton here in Dallas, which I know sounds strange, uh, but I just I feel like that marriage would be more interesting. I think it'd be fascinating myself. Jane, one last thought. And again, we were talking about Mike McCarthy as if he's gone and he's not. I want to reference that point. But, like, what do you think Jerry's headspace is on this very topic? Like, for instance, if he makes a change and he brings Belichick in and they do get the Lombardi, to me, I would give Jerry credit. Like, yeah, Jerry, I know that's not the way you're wired. I know you don't want to necessarily share that, but you did what you had to do and you won. Would he see it that way, or do you think it would kind of hurt him in the sense that, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to get the credit I deserve because I had to go out there and get the goat to get that thing done when he wants to do it his way and get it his own way? Yeah, I mean, I think there were some lessons learned, uh, you know, after the Jimmy uh, divorce. And, you know, there's been a little bit of a reconciliation, if you will, by putting him into the ring of honor. I think Jerry, Jerry and fans and Michael Irvin, for that matter, truly thought the Jimmy curse was over and, and – you know, for whatever reason, they'd exercise a demon and they were going to go deep in the postseason. But I just, I think Jerry was a little bit waxing philosophical last night, even in our 10-minute postgame, where he did talk about, you know, the things that weren't working. And he's consistently said, you know, sometimes he's got to look at the man in the mirror. And so, you know, maybe he'll evaluate himself uh, as part of this process. I know fans listening are probably rolling their eyes at that notion, but you know, we have seen in recent years, he didn't get Johnny Mandel. Remember, he got Dak Martin. Um, a lot of the people internally wanted to keep Romo or wanted to move on and, and have Dak. And he, I think, struggled at times because he wanted Romo. And so what I will say about Jerry, he doesn't get enough credit for, he actually does. It is a collective decision. And it's gotten more so like that in recent years. So I think a lot of people internally are going to weigh in on this. And Jerry does genuinely care about what fans have to say about it, and the media for that matter. I, you know, I had him on 105 Through the Fan for years when I did my radio show there, and uh, we were the official home of the Cowboy Station, and it was always fascinating to me how much Jerry liked to listen to what things were said about him. One story I was even told was he was getting driven to some place, and uh, the guys on the fan were just bagging on him, and he said, turn that up. I love when they talk like that. And so I... I I don't think people realize how much Jerry weighs information in making a decision. And I do think this one is, and I've said this to people, it's tricky, it's nuanced, and there are so many layers to this. And what, what is kind of tricky, too, is that Dak Prescott, I think, shocking a lot of people, 
really publicly giving a testimonial for Mike McCarthy on the podium last night. He didn't have to do that, and he did. And so how many coaching changes are you going to make for your franchise guy that you can't move off of? Do you give this guy one more year in his contract, let this ride, and then move on and maybe wink-wink to Bill, hey, we'll still be here, although I've been told that the Eagles are very much interested in Bill. Do you want someone in your division to grab him over you? So that's why I think there's a lot of layers to this, and that's why I didn't expect a, a firing like the Falcons did with Arthur Smith by midnight. There are so many layers, and you're right. The last thing that Jerry would want to do is have a guy that he holds in such high regard go to the enemy within the division. <laughs> she is an NFL Network reporter, a contributor to 105.3, the fan in Dallas. Remember, NFL game day kickoff today at 2 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network leading up to the game between the Steelers and the Bills. Jane, I know how busy you are, and I so appreciate you making time for us and coming back on. Great to talk to you, Jane. Thanks so much. Always a Jim Rome fan. Appreciate you. You too, Jane. Appreciate you so much. You're great. Jane Slater, and she is too. Great job. Great job of laying it out there. But she's covered that beat for so many years and been on the inside. And I, I care what she has to say when it comes to that. All right, so that, that thing that she threw in at the very end, that what she's hearing is Philadelphia has an interest in Bill Belichick.